0: Hi church, good morning, glad you could worship with us today. I'm so grateful to have this opportunity and privilege to be able to share from my heart to yours this morning. You know, we never take your time with us for granted, so I hope what I'm going to share in a while will bless your hearts. You know, the title of my sermon today is called Rebellious Joy. That's right. In every revolution throughout history, we see men and women who behave and thought differently who rose up to oppose authorities, many times sacrificing much because they believed in an ideal or hope. And some of these stories were filled with darkness and pain. And then there were those who rose to challenge the norm, yearning to see a change in society. We call them future thinkers, disruptors. Why? Because they saw a different path to progress, and because of their determination, We now have a future we once dreamed of. We brand these people rebels. It's not always a good label to have to your name, but for today, I'm going to ask you to rise up as one in these dark times. Be a rebel of joy. Jesus was a rebel of joy. Especially during his last moments on earth, Hebrews 12.2 tells us, that as he endured the cross, he did it with joy in the midst of darkness and shame. So let's read the scripture. Looking to Jesus, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Of course, Jesus did not have a happy face or smile when the nails were being driven through his hands and his feet. It wasn't earthly joy. You know, one might say that it was the joy of the Lord that gave him strength to endure it. You know, but I believe that it was the vision of joy that he would experience when the mission was finally fulfilled. Friends, when times are dark and overwhelming, Joy isn't an emotion that we look for. It is something that we envision and hope for. In every rebellion, there is always a cause or ideal or conviction one has to hold on to. Without that, what revolution is there to be? And in these times where they seem uncertain, our cause is joy. Ever heard of the phrase, no pain, no gain? Well, joy is an investment of pain. <sighs> the process is often grueling. You know, a rebel of joy's journey is never easy. Some days, or even most days, you feel like giving up. <sighs> and at times, it is lonely even. But friends, it takes commitment and learning how to push through the pain, work through it, don't wallow in it, then to understand that over time, we will be able to manage this pain and give it context and understanding. Oh, oh boy, that was a good workout. Alright, so let me read these two passages from the book of James and Psalms for you. Count it all joy, my brothers when you meet trials of various kinds. For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. James chapter 1, verse 2 to 3. And he who goes out weeping, bearing seed for sowing, shall come home with shouts of joy, bringing his sheaves with him. Psalms 126, verse 6. You know, for the past three years, these two scriptures have been the running themes of my life and for my family. I remember at our worship night last year, I shared about about how God saw us through the past three years and promised us a child whose name is Jet Jeremy Ku, and he was born this year on January 7th. And we shared a bit about, about two miscarriages that we had before his arrival. And we shared how how it has taught us many things, you know. And I, but we didn't share a lot of the of the details of what happened. So in the first miscarriage, and the first time ever, we experienced a, a new kind of pain, a new kind of sorrow, and we couldn't understand it. During this time, we believe that the the way we could manage that pain, the way way we could give it some context or give it any meaning was to be vulnerable with it. Not to bury it, not to be numb. But through that process, we allowed ourselves to be vulnerable and we shared it while in the process of, of healing, while in the process of trying to understand it. We began to share with different people. We even shared it in church. And we saw how God took that narrative to encourage and bless other people. Then, a year later, we were trying again for a child, and and we had another miscarriage. This time, it was a very different kind of pain. Once again, it was familiar, but yet not so familiar. And we had to ask ourselves, what What do we do next? Because we have just come out of that process of the first miscarriage. And now we're, we're being dealt with a second blow. And we were trying to understand once again what this pain meant. This time round, we did not share it with so many people. We realized that this time around, this, this season, we had to dig deeper. We had to understand and we had to learn to weather this pain, this storm, whatever you want to call it, together as a family. And in trying to make sense of it on our own, we had to learn to trust God in new ways. And so, yes, we did share with with a few people, some close friends, asking them to just pray with us. But we knew that this time around it was, it was very much for us to learn how to seek God even more. And as we tried to manage it, we learned that this was also a different kind of investment of that pain, knowing that one day, one day it will bring us that joy. And so through this whole journey of these two miscarriages and, and finding out that we were expecting, finally expecting our second child. We learned that the joy that was to come was now ready to bear its fruit. And that's why we shared it, we finally shared it on worship night at the end of the year, just a month before he was to be born. Because I remember struggling quite a fair bit whether I should share this testimony or not. Because I was still trying to understand the purpose, understand the context of of what we went through. And I wasn't ready. And I felt that it was supposed to be a bit more personal story for, for me to learn. But that night, I remember the Lord spoke to me and said, and ask me, why am I not sharing His goodness? And I remember Him telling me, right in my face and saying, it's not about you, John. It's about me. You cannot hold back the blessings. You have got to share it. Then you will see it in its full fruition. And so now in hindsight, when, when we shared it, and we shared it with different people, and when, people, when friends and family and different people heard the testimony, we begin to see that joy bear fruit. We begin to see how this joy begin to, at end pain, help other people. And this is what we saw. We saw different people digging deeper with us, praying even harder with us and for us we saw how they continue to believe for their own miracle. How in all our management and investment of our pain, because, looking, because we were looking forward to the joy, we were looking forward to the victory that was set before us, they too began to believe for themselves. Different people, our wife's colleagues, some of our close friends, some of our family members, this testimony even caused others to persevere through whatever life issues, problems, circumstances they were facing. Not just in the area of, of waiting for, for you know a child or going through a miscarriage themselves, but other areas in their lives. And we saw how God touched many people. And so I, I believe also that, that Jet's life and Jet's story and my son's testimony will continue to multiply because it's just the beginning of that joy that, that we have received from the Lord. And so as we look back at the scripture in, 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 in Psalms 1, 2, 6, verse 6, it tells us that weeping does not hinder the sowing. It does not. Complaining and whining and, and murmuring does should not hinder the sowing. I understand that sometimes it is very, very difficult very, very frustrating, very overwhelming. But like the farmer, he goes out weeping while he's sowing. It does not hinder what he intends to do because as he envisions that harvest to come, as he envisions that miracle, and as he envisions the blessings that he will reap, he will continue to go out weeping in sowing in tears. And after a while, you realize that we will continue to sow in not just our own tears, but in in godly tears. Because we're beginning to sow in the Spirit. We're going to sow more and more in the Spirit. And that's why when we reap it, it's everlasting joy. And we realize also as we reap it, it won't be just for ourselves. Because joy is collateral. You know, my wife said to me the other day that Our testimony also belongs to the many who have prayed, to the many who have journeyed with us. Many of you who have stood with us because our miracle is also your miracle. Just as much as it was ours, it is also yours. You know, rebels of joy would understand that it is a collective effort to fight for a cause. When I win, we win. The joy is not for me to hold back to keep. In this case, the joy we receive is the from God. Who are we to hold back such blessings? You know, like Paul and Silas in prison, when they were in chains and they were in pain, they sang praises. That collateral joy was not just meant for them and God, it was meant for everyone in the prison. Scripture tells us that people were listening in. And of course, when we read the rest of the story, we eventually see the jailer and his household saved. Joy is collateral. Now let's read the scripture. The jailer and all his family were filled with joy in their newfound faith in God. So remember this, joy is an investment of pain. Joy is rebellion to darkness and joy is collateral. So I'd like to share with you the top five things that you can do to prepare and let joy flourish when you receive it. Number one, you ready? Reduce drama. And if you can, remove it totally. Totally. I don't mean your TV dramas or your Korean soap operas, but the dramas that you have in your life, the, the gossips and, and the unnecessary frustrations, unnecessary conflicts, reduce it. Maybe some of these dramas, conflicts are between you and your spouse, between you and your, your family members or some close friends, and it's not possible to remove it. I understand that. Hence, as I say, reduce it. Try to try to break away, detach a bit, hold back what what you usually do, reframe things, reframe the person, but reduce the drama. We don't need a lot of this drama in our lives to clutter our lives. So learn to reduce it. Number two, learn to say no. That's right. One of the first words we all learn as kids, as babies, is the word no. We use no a lot more than we use yes. Learn to say no. Say no to the drama. Learn to say no to, to temptations. Learn to say no to, to things that you don't want to do and people are asking you to do it. Do you know that a false yes, meaning that if you say yes, even though you don't want to do it, a false yes is a form of lying to yourself. And that line to yourself, psychologically, study shows that it can build resentment in your life. It builds up to a resentment. So learn to say no. If you don't want to do it because you're uncomfortable with it, it makes you feel, feel small, it makes you feel less of a person, say no. Learn to say no. Number three, learn to manage your pain. Don't let your pain manage you. Now, one of the ways I've learned in the past few years is to really focus on self-care, your mental health, your physical health, and your spiritual health. They all are equally important. Learn to manage your pain. Dig deep into the Word of God. Worship begins at home. Remember when we shared that last year? Have times of worship, moments of worship at home. Dig deep into the Word. Dig deep into into God's presence. Pray more. That's the spiritual health. Your mental health, your social health. Read more books. Detach. Have periods of silence where you just remain calm. Declutter. Detach from, from social media. That's for your mental health. Don't have to read all, all the stuff that you need to read. It's just too many things to follow. The fear of missing out is causing us to always be too jittery and always wanting to know what's the latest. It's okay. Learn to detach. And of course, for your physical health, have something that is routine and grounded so that you can focus it day to day. I try my best not to exercise day to day. Half an hour, 20 minutes, one hour, and if I have more time, great. But it's a day-to-day. I spend time with my, with my family and we do, we do stuff that doesn't require any gadgets or devices. So learn to manage that pain. It helps you keep, keep focus during this time and take each day at a time. Number four, when you share your joy, be intentional. Don't overshare. Don't have to tell the whole world. Don't have to post it all over social media, but be intentional. Know who needs to hear that testimony. Know who needs to hear that joy. Because when your joy finally comes, you know that it's not temporal. It's everlasting. It's coming. It comes from the Lord. That joy is your strength. And it will be someone else's strength too. So learn to be intentional who you share that joy with. And be a blessing out there. And the last one. I love this. Learn to play, guys. Learn to play. You know, there is a saying, right, that we don't stop playing because we grow old. We grow old because we stop playing. Just recently, I learned to play dolls and toys with my daughter and have all these, you know, moments of of imagination and, and storytelling and we play other things together too. We're play. We, we, we we're learning to play, you know, new card games, board games, different things. Don't be so uptight. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say this. Maybe for some of us here, we need to learn to be silly again. We need to remember what it's like to be stupid and silly and just be, be plain crazy. Learn to just play. All these pockets... Of 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 peace and, and happiness, helps to build and helps that joy flourish. So guys, today after after the service, please go and find something where you can do together as a, as a family, you know, or 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 meet up with with you know friends over over Zoom. Somehow learn to play. Let your imagination be creative once again. Let your mind. Just dream. So learn to play, all right? And I pray that you will flourish even in these times. Stop staring at the darkness like you have no more hope or option left to consider. You have a God who rejoices over you, over us. We're singing. It's not about you. It's about what He can do in your life. So go and be a rebel.